Thank you. So this should be a little bit calmer and slower today. Um, last night, first, it was just going and going and going. So it should be a little bit slower and easier to understand, hopefully. Of course, last night the boss wasn't sitting in the front row either. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe it'll be the opposite. But um, before I get going, I just want to thank Pastor Bob and Pastor Gabe for the opportunity to do this. Um, I feel blessed to be up here. And then also just for you know, bringing us on staff and letting us work with the kids. We've got an amazing group of kids that we love to, to work with every weekend. And, you know, they can get crazy, but, hey, just add to the fun, right? So, um, so another thing, being a kid's pastor, I'm going to do my best not to use big words. Actually, I just don't have them in my vocabulary. So um, small words, and uh, you probably get one or two kids' words. So if, if I do do that, oh, there was one right there, oops, um, doo-doo, oh boy, I just said that from the pulpit, this is great, but, so, um, yeah, so I'm going to stay away from the big words, there are going to be plenty of kids' words, um, but while I'm up here, I just kind of want to lift up our men's group, too. We've got a great men's group, and we've got a bunch of great guys here at this church, and, you know, they come, they come every week, every Thursday, and, and they're seeking God with all their heart. You can see it. And you women out there that have these men that come to this group, I can just see that they bless you at home too because they got such a heart for God. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, And then our prayer group. So I'm going to tell a quick little story, um, but it relates to our prayer group and how awesome they are. So uh, about two months ago, my wife was in Cambodia. So she was there on a mission trip with my youngest daughter, Molly. And while she was there, everything was great. She was doing dentistry work. They were doing BBS. They were working with the kids, blessing the kids, um, and just teaching about Jesus. So touching people's hearts for the Lord. So it was awesome. She gets home, and everything seems to be fine. And then the next morning, she starts talking to me. She's like, hey, my stomach really starting to hurt. I don't know what's going on. So a week goes by. We're thinking it'll just go by, go away. Well, the pain gets a little bit worse. So we're like, okay. A week later, it's still there. So I'm like, hey, why don't you go to the doctor? You really need to see the doctor. And both Chrissy and I are like, no, we don't like going to the doctor. I'm sure everyone here loves rushing to the doctor because you get to pay all that money up front, and then it may be, here's your little pill, or it's nothing. So, you know, we're like, no, we don't want to do that. So week three comes around, and I'm like, please go to the doctor. And she goes to the doctor. And she's talking to them. And, sorry, she, uh, so she, the doctor's like, well, let's get a scan. So they go in, and, and I'm going to do it again. But, um, so they, they do an ultrasound on her stomach, and they found some gallstones. So they send her to the gastrointestinal person. So they go in, and, uh, you know, they start touching and feeling, and, and it hurts not in the right spot for, a, for the gallstones, so she goes, no, it's definitely not that. So to zoom in ahead to the prayer meeting, we had a, a prayer group meeting on Tuesday. Um, and I just kind of sat back and I was watching the whole time. And this group of people is amazing. They've got such a heart for God. Um, and they just want to pray for us. So, um, you know, take advantage of that. But I'll, I'll get to that here in a second. But so she, I'm watching and all of a sudden they start praying for everybody. And we're just praying and praying. And then they move over to Chrissy. And they start praying for her. 
and everyone's laying hands on and and you could feel the spirit moving and and there was tears and it was mostly everybody else not me but okay maybe me just a little bit but i was good um so after the meeting you know nothing really changed and we go home and i don't get to see her wednesday we were busy separate directions but thursday after men's group i'm laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep and she comes in and she goes we need to talk and i'm like okay she goes and she lays down next to me and she's like you know my stomach pain i'm like yeah how is that and she goes it's gone so so two months of pain getting worse steadily and it's gone so god totally healed her and you know so that's definitely praise god god is good um but our prayer team was an instrumental part in that. They were praying for her. They're, they're stepping into God's presence for her. And I just want to point out that they're here. They're at the back of the service every day. Or every, not every day. That would be kind of lonely during the week. But, um, <laughs> so, but yeah, after every service, they're back there. And that's what they want to do for us. They want to be there. They want to stand in the gap. They want to pray for us. So if you have any hang-ups... Um, just forget about that. Forget about these things. Go to these people that are back there. They're praying for us anyways. So when they're back there, they're praying, and they're laying, you know. And before, I don't know if you guys know this, but before service, they walk around the building. They walk through the sanctuary. They pray for every chair. They're praying for each ministry. And they're bathing this church in prayer. How awesome is that? So, um, and then another hang-up if you go back there once or twice, you may think, okay, well, I don't want to waste their time. They're there, and they would, if you want to go back there every week, they are so open to that. They want to pray for you anytime. So just remember that at the end of the service. So, all right, so everything's shut down. Let me, okay. Okay, so um, before I get started on this message, I'd kind of like to open us up in prayer. So real quick, um, Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful morning, uh, this time that we get to spend in your presence, um, this time that we get to spend together as a church, Father. And Father, I just pray that um, these would not be my words, they would be your words. Let the Holy Spirit just flow out of me and, and bless these people, Father God. Uh, thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So. Uh, we will, we're going to be talking about fasting today. This is one of the three core disciplines. So Pastor Bob talked about giving two weeks ago, then prayer last week, and then I'm kind of rip, wrapping up the mini-series here with uh, fasting. So um, Bob always does a really good job with history, and I know a, a couple of you really appreciate that. I've heard that. So I'm going to do my best Bob impersonation and do some history for you. Um, so when people are sad... Um, they naturally fast. It's just something that's built into us. It's something that God, it's the way God created us. He created us. If we feel something that's totally, has, has rocked our world and we're just full of sorrow, we don't want to eat. And I'm sure, you know, everybody in here has probably lost a loved one. Um, or maybe, you know, back in the day when we were in high school, you got broke, you know, you broke up with a high school sweetheart or something. And you just... You're full of sorrow. You don't want to eat. So it's something naturally that happens that God created us. So in the Old Testament, the Israelites would actually fast because they were so full of sorrow about their sin. So they would fast because they were saddened about sinning. It's kind of nice to be in the new covenant, isn't it? We don't have to, our sins are forgiven. 
So um, as a people, the Israelites would fast four times a year. And they would do it to celebrate, I guess you would call it, the capture of Jerusalem, the burning of the temple, the death of Goliath, see, kid's pastor, um, and the commencement of the attack on Jerusalem. So four times a year they would fast. And then, of course, we have the Pharisees. The Pharisees kind of always have to take it to the next level, right? So they would actually fast two times a week. So just to say, hey, look at me. I'm so cool. So there's our quick little history lesson. Now I want to dive, continue diving into our, into our verse. Um, so we're going to be Matthew 16. Um, and it reads like this. So whenever you fast... Do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, by your father who is in secret, and and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the first thing that came to came to my mind. I knew I was going to be doing this about three months ago. So I've been studying and studying. And, and the first thing that kind of hit my mind or, you know, God touched me was when you fast. And, you know, when Bob's been teaching about giving in prayer, he's like, when you do it. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm on the right route. I'm heading the right direction. So, um, but yeah, this is something that we're called to do. This is something that God wants us to do. It's not if you do it, but when you do it. So, um, and I'm not going to get too far into that because we're going to be talking about that later. So I'm going to jump to the next, the next section. So uh, it says, Do not put a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. So after reading this, the, the word that stood out to me was noticed. They want to be noticed. And I'm thinking, what would be a good example of being noticed? Huh. How would we do that today? How can I make this relevant to today? And I started thinking, well, how does everyone get noticed nowadays? A lot of people use Facebook, right? So I, I, I was looking around, and, and I kind of got on Facebook, and I, I noticed this one guy. I don't know where he came from, but his, his name was Phil the Pharisee. So I think we got a picture of him. Yeah, there he is. So Phil the Pharisee, and I mean... People say there's a resemblance. I don't see it. But, so, but if you look at him, I think he's getting ready to fast. I mean, his hair is kind of all poofy. His beard, phew, he needs to get a comb or something through that. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's trying to get noticed about how miserable he is. So we, uh, Jeremy is so good with the computer that we kind of got into his account and we started looking at his posts. And in his first post, it said, all my Facebook friends, I will be fasting tomorrow. Follow me and see how amazing I am. <laughs> this guy must be really full of himself, I think. So let's see. Okay, hour one of the fast. Didn't get to eat that amazing donut that was left for me on the breakfast table. What? Or the break table? Hmm, poor guy. Okay, hour five. Just had a tummy grumble. <laughs> so, okay, hour 12. Dinner, wouldn't, um, dinner sure would be nice right now, but I sure am holy doing this fast. Wow. Okay. Hour 15. The family is eating ice cream right now in front of me. Don't they know how hard this fasting thing is? I mean, wow. Okay. Hour 20. Woke up in the middle of the night, 
to a hunger pain, went and stared at the open fridge for 20 minutes, but didn't give in and went back to bed. I sure am holy. This guy is amazing. Okay, hour 24. The fast is done and I'm at Village Inn eating an epic breakfast. Did you notice how awesome I am? He totally did it. Wow, we should just give him a round of applause, huh? That, what a great guy. I mean, I mean, he's definitely not seeking the approval of man there, is he? He's, he's all about God doing his fast. Okay, maybe not. But So that's kind of the big thing is when we're fasting, we want to, we want to get the approval of God. We don't, want, we don't want man's approval. We get our identity from God, not from man. If we're getting our identity from man, that's where we can run into some issues. So I've got a story that from a couple months ago. So I was going into this store. I had just, just gotten done with church, uh, a long week, and the only thing on my mind that I had was, okay, work week's over, I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna sit on my deck, I'm gonna barbecue, and I'm gonna veg. Nothing else, I don't wanna think about anything. So I'm walking into the store to get supplies, and as I'm walking in, I look over to the right, and there's a man, and he looks disoriented. It looks like he's, he's really hot. He's struggling. But there's three men with him, uh, and it sounded like one of them was an EMT. So I'm like, this guy's good, and I'm just going to go about my day. So I walk in, I get all my stuff, and I'm coming back out, and I look over, and he's still there except he's got a chair now, he's got some water, and they're taking really good care of him. And I think there was like maybe two more guys there. So there's five people around this man taking care of him. I'm like, I'm going home and I'm gonna veg. This is great. So I'm walking across the parking lot, and all of a sudden I hear that small voice in my head. And the voice says, yeah, he's being helped, but nobody's praying for him. And I'm like, oh wow, that's true. No one's praying for him. Okay. So I'm going to go drop my stuff off in the truck. And I drop my stuff off in the truck, and I start praying for him. And I'm like, okay, we're good, we're good. And on my ride, my drive home, I'm praying for him. So we're all good, right? So I get home, and I'm starting to, you know, starting to think about the situation. I'm starting to, to pray about it. And God's like, you know, I really, that's great that you prayed for him, but that's not what I wanted. What I wanted is for you to go over and lay hand on him and pray for him. And I'm like, yeah, you did, didn't you? It's like, okay, that's kind of a bummer. I didn't do that. Um, so as I, as I was praying about this and, and thinking about it, um, God kind of told me, you know, that was kind of, that was a pride thing. I was worried about what men were going to say or what they were going to think if I was walk over and, and lay my hand on this guy. Because they would be like, oh, what's he doing? What the, oh, he's praying? He's praying for him? So at that moment, I was too worried about what was going on around me in, in the world and, and how people would think about me. And I wasn't thinking about what God was, was thinking. And I wasn't walking in what he wanted me to walk in. So this is, that's just kind of, an, a, kind of a really good example of what the Pharisees are, are about. They want to they get man's approval. They're not trying to get... God's approval. So, um, let's see. I can't let this thing turn off. It goes to the bottom. All right. So, <clears throat> and then 
we're going we're gonna to go down to the, to the bottom of this verse. It says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what does that look like to us? We don't exactly go around anointing ourselves with oil and, and all the stuff that they did back then, do we? So if we just dress normal, act normal, maybe even act a little bit better, maybe a little bit more outgoing, maybe dress a little bit nicer when we're fasting. Maybe that's what he's talking about. But he's definitely not talking about going around, oh, this, this is bad, I'm so hangry right now. So, I mean, we want to be walking around, just act normal when you're fasting. So, all right. Um, so, and, and kind of one of the things that God gave me was, you know, he wants, he wants to be intimate with us when we're fasting. So he doesn't want anybody else to know. He wants it to be between us and him. So the picture that he gave me was, you know, us kind of crawling up onto God's lap and just hanging out with him and talking with him and, and just being kids, being kids with him. So it needs to be intimate and private with him. Um, so I want to run back and uh, start talking about fasting because it talked about when we fast and it said it twice so it's important we're supposed to be doing this and so I figured the best way to to do this is reasons to fast so I've got seven reasons I'm going to start with number seven and number seven is it's actually good for us who would have thought that huh it's good for us to fast so there's actually studies out now that says that fasting does amazing things for our body, for our flesh. So this, one of the studies says that a one-day fast can stimulate HGH production. So that's the, that's the, um, the little, the HGH is basically st- something that we had when we were younger, when we were, you know, in high school and stuff, and we had all that energy, and we looked young, and we were all great. Wouldn't it be good to stimulate that again? <laughs> At least for some of us. I would love to have that. Um, and then if you go on a, a scientifically-based five-day or longer diet or, um, that simulates fasting, like keto is a really good example, um, it lowers the risk of age-related diseases, and it also helps lower body fat. And I was going to get into keto, but we've, we've got an expert sitting in the front row, so if anybody needs any questions answered about keto, Bob is the man. But I know I did it for a couple months, and, and it definitely... It feels like you're fasting. <laughs> the first two weeks, at least, you're like, oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to fast. And, it was, but, um, and then there's another one, another study that shows that a three-day fast can regenerate your entire immune system. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. So I'm going to do my best Pastor Craig impersonation right now. So some of you may get this. Some of you may not. But So these studies that have been done... 2,000 years before the Bible was written are basically pointing back to the Bible. So, is that a coincidence? All right, I think not. I guess Pastor Craig says that, and all the kids were in here last night, and they went crazy with that. So, they were really enjoying that. But, so, um, but number six is sorrow. So, like I talked about at the beginning, Sorrow was built into us. That is how God created us. He created us to, 
to have emotions, to have feelings. And in John eleven seventy five, the longest verse in the whole Bible, it says Jesus wept. So we know that Jesus experienced emotions too. And, and this is natural. This is something that it's going to happen. So when we experience it, the thing is, is that there's two kinds of sorrow. There's the, the man sorrow or the worldly sorrow, the, the me sorrow. And then there's the godly sorrow. So the spiritual sorrow. And we want to make sure that if we're fasting and we're doing it over sorrow, we're doing it for the right reasons. Um, if we're worried about the world and, and doing the worldly sorrow, all we're thinking about is, okay, how is this going to affect me? I'm sad that, that it happened, but is this going to affect my business? Is this going to affect uh, how I purchase a car? Is this going to affect, how is it going to affect me? And it's all about me. And it shouldn't be about us when we're fasting. It should be about God. So we, we need to, if we're doing a godly sorrow, then we're looking at, at the situation like, wow, that family just went through a tragedy. They lost somebody. How can I help them? How can I, how is their spiritual walk? They're, I'm sure they're having doubts about God right now. How can I help? What can I do? What can I say to help you out? Can I just be there for you? Um, we've got all these tragedies going on. Um, whether it's school shootings, whether it's, um, you know, our, our guys overseas that are, are losing their life. We've got a lot of sorrow that's going on, a lot of loss. And are we thinking about ourselves? Are we thinking about these sorrows the way God would think about them? So, um, number five. So, humble yourself. So, when we, when we fast... We're basically humbling ourselves. We're crucifying our flesh. We're saying, okay, food is a necessity. We have to have this to live. And the flesh has to have it to live. So if we're saying, no, we're not going to eat, we're basically humbling our flesh and crucifying it. And we're basically saying, I'm not going to depend on my flesh. That's not the important thing. The important thing is my relationship with God and where I'm at with him. So, no to the flesh, yes to God. So, and this also shows that, you know, I talked a little bit about identity before, is we get our identity from God, not from, not from man. Well, if we're, if we're worried about, or if we're starving our flesh, it's basically saying no. No to the flesh, but saying yes to God. So in saying, yes, we are, <clears throat> we have our renewed mind when we accept Christ. And we are focusing on our renewed mind and our spiritual walk. We're not focusing on <clears throat> what we're doing here and what we're doing as, as, as men. So um, there's a uh, uh, Luke 14.11 in the NSAB says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And then James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So that's just two of them. There was a bunch more. And it's basically saying, if we come to him and we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. So if we're humbling ourselves in front of God, he's going to bless us. He is, he's going to exalt us with that. So... Um, but yeah, this is, this is, those two verses are basically making us realize, are basically us telling him, our worth comes from you and you alone, Father. And how cool is that? 
to be able to say that to our Father. Hey, everything here down here doesn't matter. All that matters is you. And I, and I, want, I want you to know that's how I feel about that. So, Number four, focus on God and growing closer to him. Um, so when we fast, everybody gets hunger pains, right? So, But when we're fasting, if we get those hunger pains, we can turn it right around and go, okay, why am I getting the hunger pain? Why do I feel like this? Oh, yeah, I'm fasting. I'm supposed to be focusing on God right now. So it's a way to help us focus. And we can focus on God and come to him in prayer. And, and, and it draws us closer to God. So in, in Matthew 14, 28 through 31, it says, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? So this has always been one of my favorite verses. And the reasons why it's one of my favorite verses is it shows that if we're focused on God and if we're walking towards him and he's what we are looking at, I mean, Peter's walking on the water, doing amazing things. He's doing all the, and I, I brought this up last night, and I don't know where it came from, but if it's a windy, stormy night, the waves are going like this. Do you think he was like bouncing up and down like a bobber, or how does that work? I mean, has anyone thought about that? I don't know. I, that just came out of nowhere. I, but so... But for me, that verse is, okay, he's so focused on God. He's doing amazing things right now. And that can be all of us. We can all be focused on God and doing this amazing stuff. But all of a sudden, he stopped. And he started looking at what was around him. He's like, oh, there's wind. Hey, there's waves. There's a storm going on around me. And that's a lot like what we have right now. We have all sorts of distractions around us. And I think that's what that verse is talking, well, that's what that verse was speaking to me about. Okay, there's distractions all around you. One might be, oh, say our phones. Um, One of the guys in the men's group was saying that we now look at our phones 57 times an hour. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's, That's a distraction. That's definitely a distraction. Okay, how about politics? Can that be a distraction? How many of us get all involved in the politics going on nowadays? Whether, yeah, one side or the other. I mean, oh, there's politics, there's anger, there's distraction. Um, Job. A lot of us get so involved with our job, are we neglecting, you know, our walk with Christ? Uh, Sports. Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, all these great teams. We have a great sports town in Denver. Okay, are we putting that above God? Um, anything that takes your focus off of God can be a distraction. In the men's group this last week, um, we've been talking a little bit about this. And one of the guys blew me away. He's like, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I love to hang out with my grandkids, but they can be a distraction if I put them above God. And I was like, what? Because he's right. If we put anything above God, it can be a distraction. So that's something that we need to kind of keep in mind. And if we're fasting, that kind of brings everything back into focus. 
Okay, I'm fasting, and it helps us focus on God. So that's where we want to be with that. Um, Acts 14.23 says, When they had appointed leaders from them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So, that's the next one. Don't listen to that one. Okay, so it scrolled up on me. Um, so the next thing I wanted to say was um, we've got, there's many things, many tools that we can use to draw closer to God. Um, at my work, I work in natural resources, so I manage 6,000 acres of open space. And when I'm out there, there's one or two weeds. Okay, there's a bunch of weeds. And I'm sure none of you guys deal anything with weeds, do you? In your gardens, your lawn, I'm sure you just ignore them like I do, right? Who cares? They're just weeds. Okay, but if you have weeds in your yard, you can go out and just pull them. Okay, 6,000 acres, I can't go out and pull 6,000 acres of weeds. That's not going to happen. So what we have in the business, it's called IPM, so Integrated Pest Management. And what that is is our toolbox of, of, of things that we can do to control weeds. So we have cultural methods. So we can release animals like goats, or we can burn large areas. Um, we've got chemical methods, so we can use herbicides. We can go in and spray the weeds. We've got mechanical methods. We can go out there and pull them, or we can mow them. We've even got biological methods, where we can go out there and we, we release bugs that eat the weeds for us. So we've got a whole bunch of tools in our toolbox that we can use to control these weeds. So God's given us more than one tool to draw closer to him. Right now, I bet you everybody in here can say, yeah, I pray. I'm pretty good at praying, right? And then even on the weekends, hey, I'm pretty good at, at giving or, you know, hey, I, when I drive by that, that guy on the side of the road, yeah, I, I give him a hamburger or something. And even here at church, we've been doing a great job of, hey, we're a community church. We want to have outreach. And we've got these bags and we've got all this great stuff going on. That's awesome. And, and Thanks to Bob and Gabe, we've started that stuff, and, and we need that stuff. But I think a lot of us are leaving out part of that. I know I have been. I mean, fasting, it's part of, that's in the toolbox. That's, something, that's a tool that we can use to grow closer to our Father. And that's something, I don't know about you, but if I can grow closer to my Father, I need it, and I want it. Uh, okay, now we're going to go back down. So number three is breaking things loose spiritually. So Bob had this verse up on the, on the board last week. It's Matthew 17, 19 through 21. And it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind of does not go out except through prayer and fasting. So, basically, and I don't know how many people in here are familiar with Tool Time. It was a show a little while ago. Had this guy called Tim Taylor. So, that kind of reflected with me with this. It's like, okay, more power. <laughs> right? Got to get some grunting going. You know, some scratching and be a man, basically. But... Not so much. So um, what I looked at when I saw that is, okay, the disciples are praying. They're praying for 
the removal of this demon, and it doesn't happen. So, and Jesus comes to him and says, well, no, you've got to add fasting to this. So that's where the more power comes from. I, I, I see that verse, and it's like, okay, well, if prayer doesn't work, then you add fasting, that's like more power. And I know that's kind of Tim Taylor-ish, but yeah, more power, what we need. <clears throat> so another thing I was doing is when I was going through and I was, I was looking for testimonies and, and doing the research on this, I got on YouTube, and I saw a couple of testimonies that basically said that these people were praying about issues, healing, or whatever it may be, and nothing was happening. But then they added fasting to that, and they got more power. And, and some of the things that they talked about was, okay, there was healing. Um, another thing that was talked about was strongholds or addictions were broken because they, they did this fasting. They grew closer to God. Um, so, and another thing is, okay, we can, we can go to God in fasting and prayer, and we can get spiritual clarity. He can help us see things better in our spiritual walks. Mm. What about direction? Does everybody just go the right direction all the time? There's no problem with decisions in your life? Okay. If we go to him with prayer, he can guide us. But if we go to, go to him with prayer and fasting, he can help us with that. So all these big decisions, why would we not go to him with prayer and fasting? So, and, that's, and I'll go back and I'm going to read Acts 14.23 again. So, um, so it says, when... When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So this is, this is Paul speaking. And this is Acts. This is the foundation. They're starting the Christian church. And they're making some big decisions. And you know they're praying all the time about it, but they want to get elders for the church. And they want to make sure that they're getting the right right elders. So they added fasting to their prayer because they wanted to draw closer to him. They wanted to draw closer to God and make sure that the decisions they're making is right. So seek him in prayer and fasting with your big decisions. So um, number two, and this, this may even be number one reason to fast, but God asks us to. I mean, in the verse that we read, Matthew 6, 16, when we started this, this, um, this teaching, the verse says, when you fast, not once, but twice. And the person that was saying it was Jesus. So he's expecting us to do this. He's asking, he's like, not if, but when. So when you do this, you need to fast. <clears throat> so... And, and I just want to urge, the Holy, if the Holy Spirit puts this on your heart, this is something that you need to go to him, you need to talk to him, okay, what do I need to fast about? Or if, if you've got a decision on your heart and you just want God to put, hey, God, I need you in this. You know, I, and I've had several times where I feel like God puts something fasting on my heart. And I'm like, okay, okay. But wait a second. Um, I'm just going to do it to lose weight. Because I've been watching my weight all year, or not all year, but that would be, ooh, <laughs> my, all my life. So I've been watching, you know, and that's something that's, that's been on my mind all the time is, okay, my weight, my weight, my weight. And then the enemy uses that against me. So, hey, I, I need to fast right now. Nope, nope, you're just going to do it to lose weight. Well, don't let the enemy 
put excuses in your head. If God's asking you to fast or he wants you to fast, ignore the next thing that comes into your head because usually it's the enemy because the last thing he wants is us to draw closer to God. And through this fasting, it does. It draws us so much closer to God. Help us to focus so much more on God that he's going to come up with some excuse. Oh, I can't do that. Uh, I got a big business meeting or there's going to be a huge banquet or, you know, something will come up where, hey, you don't need to do this. So just kind of keep that in mind. So I'm going to go ahead and let the, uh, the worship team come on up. And I'm going to dive into the number one reason. Um, so over the last week, I've had, uh, I've talked to several people in the church, and the same word keeps coming up. And usually if you hear one, a word once, you know, oh, okay, that's really cool. But twice, you're, okay, that's been confirmed. But I've gotten this like four or five times now. And I was talking with Weston, and he's the first one who came up, or talked to me about this. And the word that he got was, monotony leads to complacency. Hmm. As Americans, we get pretty complacent, don't we? We've got food that we can call on the phone, and it comes right to our door. Whether it's pizza, pizza, the grocery store, whatever it is, we can call a phone, and boom, it shows up. We've got phones in our hands or tablets or whatever. We can get on there. We can get any information we want right there. We got fast food. You know, we got everything we want right at our fingertips. And it's so easy to get into a routine. And all of a sudden, that routine gets monotonous. And you just kind of cruise along, kind of cruise along. And you get into that groove, and then you get complacent. So what God was telling me was, okay, we're getting complacent. If you fast, doesn't that throw a monkey wrench into everything? Okay. You're like, okay, I'm cruising along, but now when I'm normally getting my morning cup of joe, wherever, well, I can't do that because I'm fasting and I'm doing a water only fast. So I got to think about that. Okay. I, I can't do that. Okay. Well, why am I not doing that? Okay. That's right. I'm fasting. Okay. Father, I was going to get that joe hey, what do you got for me right now? Or, hey, I'm at breakfast. I'm not going to eat. Hey, Father, what do you got for me today? And, and it's just a way to break that routine, break everything you're doing, get out of that complacency in your spiritual walk and also in your, in your daily walk. You know, we get so focused on what we want. It's a great way to focus on God and what he wants. So let's get out of that routine. Let's get out of that monotony, out of that complacency. Um, so I got this word um, from one of the podcast or one of the YouTube videos I was watching and it just really stuck with me and I think it's awesome it kind of sums up everything that I've been talking about today and it says fasting detaches us from this world prayer attaches us to the spiritual world how cool is that Okay, I can fast, I can, I can crucify my flesh, I can humble myself. And that takes me out of the earth, out of the world, out of, out of worrying about what man says. It takes me out of all that garbage. And then prayer, if I go to God in prayer right there, boom, I'm closer to him. I'm in his presence and I'm attached more to him in my spiritual world. walk. How awesome is that? I, I want that. I need that. So 
before I, I wrap it up, I know we typically don't do this, but um, I'm going to challenge you guys. So it doesn't have to be this week or maybe not next. What I'd like to do is within the next two weeks, I want you guys to pray. I want you to pray and go to God and ask him, do I need to fast? And then I want you to ask him about a topic. What am I struggling with? What do I need help with? Or if you don't have one, just fast and ask him, hey, God, what do you need to reveal to me right now? And, and I want you to go to him. And I, I, want, I don't want you to do it like the Pharisees. Don't do feel the Pharisee. Don't get the funky hair and the beard. But I want you to go to him. And, and, and this is just going to be between the two of you. So no one else is going to know. And it's, it's intimate between you and God. And I want you to, to ask him, okay. What do, I need to, what do I need to fast about? And, and when do you want me to fast? And I want you guys to go, go to him in fasting. So, and none of us are going to ask you about it. If you get a testimony from it, we'd love to hear it. But like I said, this is, is between you and God. So, um, so that's all I got right now. Um, we're going to be going into to worship here. Um, we've kind of changed it up a little bit. We're going to be doing more songs at the back end tonight or tonight that was last night okay <laughs> today this morning we're going to be we're, we're going to be going into worship and uh so the first song um if you want just sit here sit, talk to your father ask him you know ask him those questions ask him okay father when do you want me to fast what do you want me to fast about and kind of have some private time with your father Get, get intimate with him and, and ask him these questions. And then once you've asked these questions, feel free to get up and, and do communion. We're going to have the wine and bread up here at the front of the stage. You're on, the, on your right, on my left. And then we've got the crosses where we've got um, grape juice, bread, and then gluten-free crackers. So when you're ready, after your quiet time with God, you know, please get up, take communion, and then sit and, you know, come back, worship him. He deserves all of our worship and praise. So. Grander earth has quaked before Moved by the sound of his voice Seas that are shaking and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and through it all through it all it is well it's okay through it all through it all my eyes are on you and it is well
me 